Hello, welcome to another edition of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. This is Lawrence Coletti, and I'm hosting this last episode for the day. We're still recording over at AVA Tech Show in Chicago, Illinois. It is uh, mid-February as Valentine's Day has come and gone. Uh, it's been quite festive here. Uh, a wonderful group of people out there. And I'm looking forward to this interview. I have not seen Judge Barbara Leach in quite some time. It, we were just talking. It has to be pre-pandemic last yeah. time I saw you. So we're talking like... Four years. It's crazy. So it's great to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I am so energized and so excited to be here. I've missed tech show. I have missed technology. This, yeah, I know. It's such a great group. And, um, you know, it's just, um, I was talking about like kind of our tribe, you know, just uh, people that travel around and our tribe that uh, learns these new things and passes information and shares, uh, you know, shares contacts and things, a supportive group. So definitely missed them. And it's great to see the conference, you know, after a couple cycles through back at full strength. And so anyway, I, I want to get into your presentation a little bit. And, and you came all the way out here from Florida and uh, you had a partner, uh, Alexander Pakin, as I understand. And uh, you guys did a, a session called Optimizing Your Firm with Free and Low-Cost Solutions. And I read through the slide deck, realizing that this is a great opportunity to show this information with new, new solos or people that are practicing, uh, maybe ventured out, start a small firm, how to do it on the cheap, and uh, give yourself that nice long runway you need to, to grow that firm. So why don't you just give us the skinny of kind of just the areas that you touched on during the presentation real quick. Sure. Well, I think the thing that Alex and I, well, actually, what was great, taking a step back from a bigger picture perspective, he shared what he uses slash does slash did, and I did the same thing from both a software and a hardware perspective. And then we shared, well, here's what we wish we had done. And so we both agreed on the importance of having a practice management program. That was actually one of my regrets. Like I, I had my own law firm for about 10 years before I took the bench. And I went from being a true solo to having about seven people working with me during that time period. And I started out thinking, I'm gonna save as much money as humanly possible. I don't need practice management because I have zero clients and Excel will work, right? Everyone can do everything with Excel. Turns out I couldn't, nor should I have, because what I realized was at the time, it was like 50 bucks a month for a license. And I was like, I'm gonna save this money. I don't need it. And I didn't realize I needed practice management software until I needed to have it in place. So for those of you who are out there and you're being uber conservative as far as expenditures, realize this, that at some point, if you're conscientious about how much things cost, I think you're already gonna be successful because you're being a thoughtful custodian of your firm. So that means at some point, you're gonna be successful beyond your expectation and you're gonna have to transition from none to a fully-fledged integrated practice management program, and you're not gonna have the time, the runway to accomplish that. So figure out what you want when you have the luxury of time. Kick some tires, come to Tech Show, come to the Expo Hall, ask hard questions, get free trials of the respective software, 
and use it. And then at that point, decide what you want and start, you know, Stephen Covey says, begin with the end in mind. So expect that you're going to be working on, I don't know, anywhere from 20 to 100 cases at once, depending upon your practice area. So what does that look like? What do you need from software to manage 100 cases at a given time? So even if, you know, you're, it's your grandma who wants you to sue the neighbor for keeping her cat, and she's got this actually very bizarre fact pattern. Dear listeners, I'm sorry that I sprung that one on you. I have no idea where it came from. I have neither a grandmother nor a cat, but let's, let's play along. Um, what your need is for that one case is different today than if you have a hundred grandmas suing about a hundred cats. So try to put yourself in the shoes of your future person and identify what that software needs to look like and implement it now knowing what you will need. Well, I want to take a step backwards uh, there. You know, I remember when I graduated, I, I just didn't have any money, you know, and uh, you, you struggle, you're, you, maybe you got a bar loan, maybe you passed the bar, uh, but you, got, you don't have a job and uh, you're out there struggling. You decided, you know what, I'm going to go hang my shingle. You still don't have a lot of cash. And so if there's a free resource out there that kind of gets you to that next step where, okay, now I've got incoming money, I've got uh, regular revenue, now I can start branching out. I like what you said about designing it, you know, for the future, but I think we got to get there first, and you got to get there in a sustainable path first. So I think you all, uh, from what I saw in your slide deck, has some really great options of free or near free solutions, software solutions that people can jump on right now that'll get the job done until they have that volume, have that revenue that makes the next step possible. So why don't we share that? And then maybe some of the hardware, those must have items in order to manage those first few days. Sure, well, that's why I did say practice management software because it's not expensive when you have one license. And oftentimes the practice management software will have built-in components that you can use. For example, as I said, I managed my firm off of Excel, which is free, or practically, because I had a Microsoft 365 license, and at the time I think it was eight bucks a month for everything I needed. And then I also used QuickBooks to send out my invoices. And QuickBooks was fairly inexpensive because at the time, this is going back, I had bought the disk so I amortized that cost of that, I don't know, 200 bucks over two years, and so it's fewer than $10 a month for the cost of QuickBooks. And I used that, it served two purposes. One, I used it for my billing, and then two, I used it just to manage my income and my expenses. So I thought that that was a really good investment. Again, looking back, if I'd had practice management software, I wouldn't have needed that. The other thing that I found to be incredibly beneficial was I, on my phone, bought PDF Expert, which was an app that was $10 to download it. And it allowed me to edit PDFs super easily. So back in the day, you know, I would print out pre-bills and it'd be an inch and a half thick of pre-bills that I would then mark up manually and then give to my team or myself to edit. Because sitting there and going into each time entry was just not as efficient as looking at what a potential bill would look like. So PDF Expert allowed my team to no longer print out the documents, staple them together, and hand it to me. They could send it to me on my phone, and I would just sit and edit on my phone or my iPad mini, $10. I never paid for Adobe Acrobat 
for like the first seven years I had my firm because that's a monthly subscription that is worth it. But the PDF expert, I didn't need it. I could use my free Adobe and my PDF expert. So I think that those are two really crucial examples. Oh, the other one I would say, we talked about stamps.com or something like pirate ship because I send packages more than mailing things that you would use stamps.com for. And so pirate ship, if you're unfamiliar with this, is a free program online where if you have a ruler and a kitchen scale, you can figure out how much it would cost to ship packages. And it's actually discounted UPS or United States Post Office then to go in there. And I was like, wait, you're going to pay me essentially because you're charging me less to mail this. You're going to pay me to not go to the post office. And so I create my little packages of cookies or whatever I'm sending out. <laughs> Judge Lee's made some good cookies. I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and I will print off the package, the, the labels at home, and just walk into the post office and drop it off. So I'm saving time and money using free software. The stakes question I have here is something I'm so bad at. It's been, uh, I'm actually, it's uh, my New Year's resolution. So with all of these um, like memberships and uh, you know sometimes with accounts, you get like these benefits that come along with like discounts or coupons or you know offers and things like that. I'm so bad at calling these in. You know, I've got a T-Mobile account and they've got like a Deal Tuesday or whatever they call it. You know, and I'm just so bad at it. But bar associations are really good for this as well. You've got member benefits and you're paying for it anyway. And so uh, just in terms of that, you know, what were some of like the really great go-tos? It's like, look, resources are really thin, but to take advantage of those services and those member benefits that you're already paying for. What are some of the highlights there? Well, you're already going to be a member of the Florida bar because it's a mandatory bar or whatever, insert whatever state. Ostensibly, they have member benefits. Like, for example, the Florida bar, one of our member benefits was Fastcase. So I didn't have to pay for Westlaw or Lexus when I had my firm because I had this free Fastcase membership. And it's gotten so sophisticated over the years that you can shepherdize using Fastcase. Again, not needing to pay for Westlaw or Lexus. It's clunkier, or at the time it was clunkier than using that, but it, the price differential was so worth it from my perspective. Then another example is, like you're already perhaps a member of some voluntary bar, not a mandatory bar. So you get a benefit from that membership because it's either networking, or it's learning a subject matter. And then they too might have some kind of member benefits like American Bar Association, Voluntary Bar. Sometimes their benefits are more valuable than what you get from your mandatory bar. Another example that Alex brought up that was mind blowing was how many times, not you and I, Lawrence, but more sophisticated people who adult better, you know, they have the credit cards and they're manipulating the point system game, right? Yeah, I, I did that when I was 51, right? <laughs> Finally, I'm, I'm adulting now. But Alex said he does that with his business. So he has business credit cards and he runs all of his bills, all of his monthly overhead through his business credit card that he's now getting points or gift cards or discounts. And he said at one point, like he has a Amex business platinum that costs him $800 a year. But between the discounts he gets or the 
$3 per dollar, three point, three times the points for $1 when you're eating out and stuff like that. He said he has a net benefit between eight and $10,000 a year for paying that $800 a year fee to use the credit card. So again, I, I was like, why didn't I do that? Or it, it just never occurred to me that credit cards could be good stewards for my practice. I was just so focused on this is a personal thing, not a professional thing. When I'll, my monthly bills for my firm were larger than my personal bills, so why didn't I think to pivot that? All right, last question. We're almost out of time, and so pitfalls. I want to talk about pitfalls. So there's obviously a risk in every business venture out there, and uh, you know many attorneys, if they get out to a solo or a small firm, it's the first time they've ever run a business. So they don't have, you know, any kind of business training from undergrad. They've never run a business, uh, you know, before college or anything like that. So this is their first entrepreneurship uh, venture. And so I guess from that perspective, there's a lot of lessons, right? So what, what uh, I guess, what couple of things could you recommend to stay with? What are the really big pitfalls when it comes to running your own business, your own legal practice as a business? Number one, know thyself. So before I opened my firm, I did everything in my power to reduce my monthly nut. Yeah, I wasn't married, I didn't have children, and I got a roommate. And so that cut down my cost. So that ultimately meant that I needed to bring in less money in order to satisfy my obligation. So that took the stress off of me by having that ability to know what my monthly, monthly nut was. And then I figured out what my hourly rate was gonna be. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, my monthly nut was $2,000 a month. My hourly rate was $200. I thought all I need to do is build 10 hours a month as I'm starting this business. So if I hadn't taken the time to really identify what that was, I think I would have, it would have caused me additional stress. The other piece of advice is don't compare yourself to other people and don't think, well, that's comma, not a number three, and don't think that you have to have some grand presence just because you're a lawyer. I had a conversation once I was doing a CLE and I was explaining this concept and a woman came up to me afterwards and she was very chagrined and she said, I went out and bought $5,000 worth of office furniture because I thought I'm a lawyer. I have to have fancy office furniture. And I mean, just, just hearing that caused me like to stress out because I think I paid for malpractice insurance and I paid for a logo and I paid to have a killer party when I opened my law firm and that was it. Really at the end of the day there were some incidental expenses but it was not ginormous and just the fact that she spent $5,000 on a desk, spoiler, Facebook marketplace or Google office furniture, used furniture and you'd be surprised what you can find inexpensively. So my, I never a day in those all those years I had my firm ever had brand new office furniture. It looked great, but I never paid full price. Well, it looks like we've reached the end of the road for this episode. I want to thank our guest, Judge Leach, for joining us. And also want to thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or best yet, your favorite podcasting app. Till next time, I'm Lawrence Coletti, and you've been listening to On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes.
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.